Now in this series, we're looking at the life of Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream at the age of 17, two dreams in fact, that showed him the future trajectory of his life. Those dreams were challenged at every turn. We've seen this as we've gone through his life in the past Sundays. But today we're going to get closer to seeing Joseph's dreams fulfilled in a very amazing and unusual fashion 13 years later. Now today my message is entitled Strategic Planning for Dreams. And you might want to take out the white sheet that's in the middle of your bulletin. You have a bulletin that has the outline of the message written out and has the scriptures we'll be using on the back as a message study guide that is used in the life groups. We encourage you to attend a life group during the week and you can dig in deeper to what the message is all about. Strategic planning for dreams. What's the difference between a plan and a dream? Well, let's start off with a dream. Here I'm talking about a dream which is a, a, a literal dream or, or just a dream or vision as a goal from God that God gives to us, often in a supernatural manner. Now, Joseph himself had literal dreams. He lay down, he slept, he had a dream. It was God that gave him those dreams. And we see other people that had dreams in this section of the scripture in the book of Genesis. Other people in the Bible have had visions where God has shown them things. That is going to happen. Things in the future. God speaks to people through visions. Some literal visions where people see things and some where it's just impressed on their minds. And God speaks to people through his Holy Spirit. A dream from God is not something that comes from you. It comes from God. It's not something that you dream up. God gives you a supernatural understanding or guidance concerning the future. Now a plan on the other hand is... is a course of action to bring that dream into reality. A plan is a blueprint to live out the details of God's dream in our lives. I believe that dreams are created using our minds. God didn't ask us to throw our minds away and just be robots of God. God wants us to use our minds in submission to the Holy Spirit of God. And so our minds help us with God's help to create plans to live out the details of God's dreams for our lives. And so I believe that the plans are created using our mind, anointed by God, to carry out and live out God's dreams. A plan without a dream is not going to lead anywhere. We can make our plans, but if they're not guided by God, we're not going to accomplish anything. On the other hand, a, a dream with a plan is going to produce great, great results for God. If we have a dream without a plan... Nothing's going to happen. We'll just have a dream. We're never going to see it come into reality. Proverbs 16.9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Now some read this verse to mean we should never plan. It says, A man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. I mean, God's just going to... What's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's kind of a fatalistic view. God just does what he does, and we just follow along. I don't think that's what this verse is saying at all. What this verse shows us is that God's dream and the determination of our steps have to be coupled with us making plans to live out that dream. We cooperate with God to bring dreams into reality. Both a dream and a plan are required for success in life. Now, some people think they have dreams from God, but without a plan, it's not clear if the dream is indeed from God. You see, you could have all kinds of dreams. 
People have all kinds of dreams. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean it's from God. But if the dream is from God, he's going to provide the way for that dream to come into reality. And most of us make all kinds of plans. But if it's not according to God's dream, if it's not according to God's goal, then it's not going to work out. Look at James 4, verse 13. It says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Sounds like a good plan, huh? Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And so we don't just make plans without God. We make plans considering God's will, considering God's dream and goals for our lives. It must fit together in order for us to find success in life. And so, we're going to talk about how this played out in Joseph's life. Let's review the story for a minute. Joseph's dreams from God showed him rising to a position of leadership, a great position of leadership. He had these dreams at the age of 17. And yet, Joseph would be sold into slavery by his brothers and spend years as a slave in Egypt. And then towards the end of that time, he was falsely accused and thrown into prison. Finally, through God's intervention, Joseph interprets the dream of the Pharaoh who was the highest ruler in all of Egypt. And this dream that Joseph interpreted spoke of seven years of coming abundance followed by seven years of famine. This dream prophesied 14 years into the future. And that's where we're going to pick up our story today in Genesis 41. The first principle we're going to learn about today is we need to seek God's wisdom to make a plan. Joseph had just given the Pharaoh his interpretation of his dream. Seven years abundance, seven years of famine. He told him the fulfillment of this dream's prophecy was imminent. It was right around the corner. And then Joseph said, And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Something had to be done. This time of famine was coming. We're seven years away. And without a plan, without a purpose, the country would starve to death. The first step of the plan, a man was needed. A man was needed to do something, to take charge of the preparations for the coming famine. Now where did Joseph come up with his plan? I believe that he sought God. And God helped him to think of this plan. It's a wonderful plan. And we'll see it's a plan that actually worked. Now was Joseph thinking of himself when he said to Pharaoh, look for a discerning and wise man to put in charge of Egypt? What do you think? People don't want to answer because... Uh, <laughs> possibly, we don't know for sure, but I believe that Joseph knew he was that man. I believe he knew that God had prepared him through all these years of leadership in, the, in slavery. He rose to a position of leadership. He rose to a position of leadership in prison. I believe that God uh, spoke to him and he knew that he was that man. Now, he couldn't elevate himself to that position. Somebody else had to do it. But he was ready. He was ready to take on that challenge. 
So Joseph goes on with more details of his plan in verse 34. It says, Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine. And so that was the broad outline of a plan. The man in charge would have commissioners under him. They would store up 20% of the crop during the years, seven years of abundance. And then when the famine came, the stored grain would be used to feed the country. It was a brilliant plan. Where did it come from? It came from Joseph's mind working together with God to find this plan that would carry out the dream. God and man working together. And so how can we apply this, these principles, this principle, in our own lives? A dream without a plan is never going to happen. And so was Joseph's plan, <clears throat> and so what was Joseph's plan to fulfill his teenage dream of being a great leader? As Joseph went through life, he sought to become what God said he was going to be. When he was a slave, what would have been his temptation? Why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. This is a rotten life. <clears throat> Instead, Joseph prayed, said, God, how can I be a leader in this situation? You've called me to be a leader. It's your dream for my life. Help me to lead in this situation. And on and on, through his slavery, through his prison time. And that plan, obeying God, following the dream, prepared him to be the second in command of the biggest world government of the time, of Egypt. What dream does God have for your life? We've been talking about dreams of God for your life. And we are, pray that everybody here, as we go through this message series, is thinking about what is God's dream for your life? What does he have for you? Whatever it is, seek for God's wisdom to make a plan to fulfill that dream. Because without a plan, the dream is not going to happen. Most dreams are big. It's going to take time and planning to bring them about. Do you dream of raising godly children? What plans can you make to bring that about? Do you dream of a better marriage? What plans do you have to bring that about? Do you dream of starting a new career? What steps can you take? Do you dream of being used by God in ministry in the church? How can you begin being used by God? Do you dream of leading many people to Jesus Christ? What steps can you take to begin to move towards fulfilling that dream? I believe many dreams people have from God are never fulfilled because it doesn't get down to the planning stage. Seek God's wisdom to make a plan for your dream. Or dreams. We can have multiple dreams. And then trust God to put you in place. Joseph made his plans. He served God as a leader in different situations. But it was God who ultimately moved Joseph to this place of authority in the Egyptian government. Verse 38. After Joseph has explained the plan to the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh asked him, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne 
will I be greater than you. And so the Pharaoh understood that Joseph's plan required a man empowered by the Spirit of God. This was a, this was a daunting task. And so Pharaoh appointed Joseph to be second in command in Egypt. He was going to carry out this entire plan to save the country from the coming famine. Now as I read this story, I was wondering, why did the Pharaoh believe Joseph's interpretation of the dream? I mean, this was 14 years in the future. How do you know a famine is going to come seven years away? What if all the effort to store this grain, these huge granaries for seven years, and cost involved in building these storehouses, and do you think the people like the government taking 20% of their crops because of something they said was going to happen seven or eight years from now? What if it never happened? The government would look foolish. And yet God moved Pharaoh's heart to believe Joseph. To understand that this was going to happen. He moved his heart. God also caused Pharaoh to recognize that Joseph was the man to carry out the plan. He was the man who interpreted the dream. He was the man with the plan. He was the man to do it. Now understand what, what, how this whole story of Joseph transpired. The story begins with, with Joseph being a teenage sheep herder in the land of Israel. And now today, he's second in command of the largest government in the world, the government of Egypt. Only God could have done that. Joseph made his plans. God directed his steps. Now, God wants us to make plans to fulfill his dream, but he doesn't want us to carry the whole weight of trying to fulfill the dream on our own shoulders because we can't do it. Joseph could never have done this on his own. God moved him along, and he was just faithful in the situations that God placed him in. We cannot fulfill God's dreams for our lives by ourselves. If we try, we're going to burn out. We're going to get discouraged. We're not going to be successful. And so, to see our dreams fulfilled, we need to seek, we seek God and plan and then trust God to do the rest. Trust that God's going to put us in a position to succeed, in a position to carry out His plan for our lives. And often that's going to happen in unexpected ways. But we recognize that God is at work. And just imagine, God brought Gerardo and Mary Bell all the way from Mexico to this church to do a work in her life. And she's going to go back, they're going to go back to Mexico and, and take that and affect people in Mexico. Only God can do those kind of things. I'm sure that there are some here today who, who feel, believe that you have a dream from God and you've planned, you've worked towards fulfilling that dream, but perhaps it seems as if you've hit a brick wall. It just doesn't seem to be happening. It doesn't seem to be moving forward. You're not sure what to do. If that's you today, and I'm sure there was times when Joseph wondered what was going to happen. Thirteen years until he came to this position. God would say to you today, keep on serving me where you're at. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Even though you can't see it with your eyes, I am moving. I am doing things. Be patient and trust me that I'm going to put you in a place to succeed. Don't give up. Your dream will be fulfilled 
as you believe in me. And so trust God to put you in the proper place and then put God's plan into action. It says in verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old. That's where I got 13 from. 30, 30 minus 17 is 13. So Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. Most of the years, Joseph had spent as a slave, a few of the years as a prisoner, and now he was living his dream. He was fulfilling God's plan. He was put in charge of this massive government project encompassing the entire land of Egypt. He was directing many commissioners. I'm sure he was seeking God day in and day out as he traveled across the land of Egypt, putting this plan into action. Verse 47 says, During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentiful, and Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. And each city put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. And so the food was stored in the places it would be used in when the famine came was strategically uh, situated at the population centers. I suspect Joseph had to use his persuasive abilities that God had given him to convince people it was the right thing to do, to give 20% of their crops so they wouldn't die of starvation in seven years. I'm sure he did a lot of talking. And even though it was difficult, traveling all across Egypt, Joseph continued to serve the Lord as he served his, the land he was living in. Now, did the Egyptian leaders that Joseph worked with become believers in the Lord? I don't know. I really don't know. The Bible gives no indication they did. And yet, Joseph served the Lord in a pagan culture, and he let his light shine. And so, let's summarize. Joseph had a dream. He had a plan. God put him in the proper place. He put the plan into action. Now you can have a dream, you can have a plan. If you don't execute, it's not going to happen either. What things keep people from putting God's plan into action? Now first of all, is simply doubt. You're not sure that God is really going to come through. Because you know you can't handle the whole thing. I don't know. So I'm scared to move in that direction. Doubt, worry. That will keep you from putting God's plan into action. Procrastination. Anybody ever procrastinate about something? No. Okay. Procrastination, that's saying, I know I should do this, but maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week will be a better time. I'm busy right now. Maybe next month. Maybe next year I will put the plan into action. And next year comes and something else comes up and... Well, maybe the next year. Before you know it, the plan is never going to be put into action. Sometimes other people can discourage you from putting God's plan into action. You can explain the plan to somebody. And they go, you're crazy. This is never going to work. It's kind of what Joseph's brothers said to him, didn't they? He said, I have a dream. God gave me a dream. I'm going to be a leader and you're all going to bow down to me. They said, not going to happen, buddy. You're the younger brother. We're going to sell you into slavery and then see what happens to your dream. But he didn't give up. He kept on holding on to his dream. The devil will throw up roadblocks in, the, in you executing this plan. He will make it difficult. 
But with God's help, you can do it. Rely on God. He'll give you the strength to put his plan into action. And finally, expect God's blessing on your dream. Everybody wants God's blessing in their lives. How many people want to be blessed by God? Okay, 80%. Very good. Everybody wants God's blessing. And how do we get God's blessing in our lives? Simply by fulfilling his dreams. That's how you become blessed by God. Fulfilling the dreams that he has for you. So let's see how God blessed Joseph's life as Joseph fulfilled God's dreams. Verse 50. And you see, I'm just skipping through the passage because it's kind of long. But I encourage you to read all of Genesis 41. It says, Before the years of the famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And so God blessed Joseph. First of all, he gave him a wife. A wife in the land of Egypt. And as Joseph's two sons were born, uh, we know as we read the entire story that these two sons, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, ultimately became leaders of two of the tribes of Israel. God blessed his children and his children's children. I assume, speculating a little bit, that Joseph's wife became a believer in the Lord because the sons were raised to be godly men. The names of Joseph's two sons are significant. It shows God's blessing. Manasseh means that God made Joseph forget his trouble and his father's household. That's significant. Joseph could have dwelt on the past, became angry and bitter about things that happened in the past, and never fulfilled the dream. But Joseph let the past be the past. He was not constantly angry. He didn't mope about the family he hadn't seen for, for 13 years. God blessed Joseph by helping him to live in the present and carry out God's dream. The second son, Ephraim's name, meant God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And what an interesting blessing. He was made fruitful even as he suffered. Being in a pagan culture, being in a land with people uh, he didn't know, but he was made fruitful in this land of Egypt that worshipped pagan gods. Joseph's blessing was upon him. I mean, God's blessing was upon Joseph. Not only was Joseph blessed, but his life served to bless others. Verse 56. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the world. And so the whole land of Egypt was blessed through Joseph. Without him, they would have starved. And apparently, the amount of grain stored was so vast that Egypt was able to bless other countries. Other countries came to Egypt to get food, so they had enough for themselves and enough for other countries. In fact, as we'll see in a future message, Joseph's family would eventually benefit because there was a famine in Israel. And they would have starved, but what did they do? They came to Egypt and they were fed through Joseph and God working him working through him. So we expect God's blessing on your dream, both for yourself and others. You see, the dreams that God gives us are not just to bless us. All dreams from God are intended to bless others as well as you. 
In fact, one way to tell if a dream is from God is if it's just about you, most likely it may not be from God because there's always a component about blessing others. When God blesses you, God blesses us so that we can bless others. So think about the dreams that you have for your life. And you can have multiple dreams, sometimes an overarching dream. Other times you can have a dream for each different area of your life that God wants you to fulfill as you follow Him. Make sure that dream is from God. And if you are sure, then make sure that dream has a component of blessing others because God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to everyone around you. Expect God's blessing on your dream. Now one dream that God has for every believer is for us to lead others to becoming believers as well. God wants to use us to bring other children into the family of God. And that's not going to happen unless we seek God's wisdom. Make a plan. Who in your circle of relationships is not a true believer? Most likely you may not know. And that's the first step. To find out the people you know, are they believers in Jesus Christ? Now that is, means something different than do they go to church? means something different than do they believe in God? Practically everybody believes in God. Different religions, they believe in a God. It's not the God of the Bible. Do they believe in Jesus Christ? He was God in the flesh. Have they submitted their lives to Him? If they're not, then trust God to put you in a place to influence them for Jesus. Begin to pray for them. Make a plan. Be intentional. Have courage to put God's plan for that person or those people that God has put into your life into action. And expect God to bless you as you reach out to be an influence for Jesus Christ. We make our plans and God directs our steps. Now, in order to hear from God about his plans for our lives, you need to have committed your life to Jesus Christ. To do that, you admit that you've sinned. You've done wrong things. You believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins and you commit your life to following him as your Lord. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray. If you've never made a commitment like that or you'd like to recommit your life this morning, I encourage you to pray along with me. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I followed my dreams for my life, not yours. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven and that I might pursue the dreams of my Creator for me. I commit myself to you, God. I'm going to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to follow the dreams that you have for me. In Jesus' name. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well that God would work in our lives. Father, we thank you this morning for the example of Joseph who followed your dream for his life and impacted the world. Make your dreams for each of our lives, God, vivid and real. Help us to see what you want for us. And we ask, God, for your wisdom as we plan to fulfill those dreams. Put each of us in the proper place in our lives that we could carry out your dream for us and your vision. May we not procrastinate, may we not doubt, but may we step out in faith and put the plan into action. And we believe, God, as we do, that you're going to bless us and help us to be a blessing to others. 
I pray, God, that we as a church family would grow in sharing our faith in Jesus Christ, leading others to you. Make us bold and courageous to, to follow and carry out your dream for our lives in our church family. Help us, God, to be a church of growing influence for you. In the St. Louis area, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.